There is so much confusion today about what it means to be born again. Do you know what it means to be born again? The true answer is not only surprising, it is startling. The most important truth you can know is this truth of the gospel. Next on The Key of David with Gerald Flurry. Greetings, everyone. Jesus Christ came to this earth and uh, said something about His gospel that was sensational, and it was a news announcement, something that people had not understood or not uh, been told before. Something foundational had changed about the gospel, and His news was just absolutely new, and mankind had never heard it before never, ever heard that before, and it was all about the gospel. What was it? Well, the, most people find it hard to even believe when they uh, hear this. It is about our incredible, transcendent potential, and it's, it's something that has been rejected over and over and over by almost everybody. Why is that? What about this, this just most colossal change or news about the gospel? What, what, what is wrong with the, the, the people when they reject it? Why do they do that? Well, anyhow, it's about uh, that spectacular news is about being born again for sure. It, now it is certain. And yet, almost nobody on this earth really understands it or comprehends it. Why is that? If you can just look at almost everybody today, they, they simply do not understand. They reject that mind-stunning vision. And many of them have never, ever understood it because it is something that we have to study and that we have to think about, and it is some, the most amazing truth you could ever hear. I'm not exaggerating. It really is. And yet, people reject it. Again, you just, you, you've, uh, you, you receive that news, and you've never heard this news before. So, and it's about being born again and being born again for sure. It is sure to happen. So why is it that no, almost nobody understands it? And I'll tell you this, you and all the audience really will have to uh, in, be intensely careful if you're going to understand this profound truth. And I'm speaking by uh, experience here or about experience. So we really have to be careful that we get this into our minds. Notice Mark 1, verses 14 and 15. Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent you, and believe the gospel. So the gospel means the good news. And here's Christ's whole message, and this is it's about a kingdom, the good news of the coming kingdom of God. A kingdom actually is a nation composed of people, 
and the government of the nation. That's what a kingdom is. And it's not some ethereal nothing that some people believe it is. Not that at all. Now, people had heard the gospel before, of course, the good news of the coming kingdom of God, but they had never heard before that the kingdom of God is at hand. What does that mean? The kingdom of God is at hand at that very time. What, what happened to make that so and to make it so fundamentally exciting? So it has everything to do with being born again, and that we need to keep in mind. It means the good news of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. It's about a kingdom, a kingdom of people and government. That's what a kingdom is. We can't spiritualize this away. It is something that is the greatest, really, the greatest news you could hear. If you, if you really understand this, there is a little remnant that does understand it, and God has given that understanding to them, to those babes or those little childlike people, <laughs> as far as their humility and their willingness to be taught. And that's what it takes to really comprehend this. But most people not willing to do this, and it is a mind staggering vision for sure. This kingdom is a nation of people, and it's also a government. Notice John 3 and verse 2. Here was a Pharisee, Nicodemus, and he, uh, he didn't understand what Christ was talking about, but listen to this and see what this means to you. It's so clear and so powerful, and yet people don't believe it. Almost all people don't. And it's, these are Christ's own words to Nicodemus. Here's what he said, "'Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God.'" So how many people understand this today? "'Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God.'" You have to be born again to even see it. So we have to know what born again means. If you don't if you're not born again, you can't see it. In other words, in, in our flesh, we can't see it. That's what this is really saying. And that's contrary to what most people believe about born again. So you can't see the kingdom of God. You can't see it because it's, it's spirit, not human or flesh and blood or anything of that nature. I want to give you a quote by Herbert Armstrong, who wrote the book on uh, what it means to be born again. And uh, I think it is the greatest booklet that he's ever written. And it, and it uh, certainly is profound and deep and something we have to really be careful about when we study it or we simply won't understand it. As the ancient kingdom of Israel was composed of the human family of the human man Israel, so the kingdom of God will be composed of the divine family of the divine God. And what does this have to do with being born again? It has everything to do with it. Let's look at Daniel 2 and verse 44. 
and we'll see more about a kingdom. Well, Daniel talked about the Chaldean Empire and the Persian Empire and the Greco-Macedonian Empire and the Roman Empire, even stretching into the Holy Roman Empire, which is the final one, is rising in Europe and is almost totally complete right now. Believe it or not, it is. Now, verse 44. Verse 44, And in the days of these kings, the forthcoming united Europe, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. These are, these are kingdoms we're talking about. And, and Jesus Christ is talking about this, this kingdom that we're born into as well. Notice it says, It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. So this is a kingdom of immortals, or immortal people, immortal saints, immortal spirit beings. That's what it's talking about, not mortals. So the Daniel 7th chapter makes the same connection. Let me read that to you. Daniel 7, verses 17 and 18, These great beasts, which are four, are four kings, or kingdoms, which shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom. Here's the good news of the coming kingdom of God, right here. The saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Now, you have to be immortal to do that. See, you're, it's broken all these other kingdoms of this world, and now there's a kingdoms of spirit beings. But you have to be born into that spirit. You can't even see it until you're a spirit being. That's what your Bible clearly tells you. This is the gospel of the good news. So, in verse 21 and 22, it talks about the saints possessed the kingdom the last line there of verse 22. And that, those are the saints that take, take this kingdom because they're born into the divine family of God, which is the kingdom of God, and they rule with God, sharing David's throne for all eternity over the earth and the universe. Revelation 11, verse 15, I'll just paraphrase this. The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord. That's what, uh, Jesus Christ is going to be in charge and reigning over it forever and ever. And we get a chance, if those who, has, who are called out before Christ gets here, if we respond to that calling and, and get this message out, we get to share that throne with Jesus Christ forever. And that's over the earth and the uh, the whole universe. And I'll tell you this, it, the, the, the kingdom that we're talking about here is not the church, and it's not this, this uh, ethereal nothing that, that dwells in your heart or something like that. It is not that. That's not what the, this kingdom is about at all, not even close. Jesus said, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. What did He mean? Why had this message never been proclaimed before? Why? Well, there's a, a fantastic reason why. It, we're going to have to get a little prehistory to understand that, though. Notice it is, uh, as Mr. Armstrong said, it's not popular today, 
to mention the existence of a devil. And this was uh, written in 1962 by Herbert W. Armstrong, 59 years ago, and it's, he said it's not popular to talk about a literal devil. And today it's much worse. We don't believe it. We don't believe God. And we don't believe about this literal devil that is worshiped by this world. We don't believe that. But 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4 tells you exactly that. And Revelation 12 and verse 9 says, This whole world is deceived. The whole world. So, people, when you talk about the devil, well, they scorn you, and oftentimes because they are in ignorance, really, of what the Bible teaches. I mean, there are literally uh, scores of verses in the Bible about a literal devil and what he does in this world and how the world worships him. Notice verse 20 of Acts 3, And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the Heaven must receive until the times of the restoring of all things with the government of God, which God has spoken by the mouth of all His holy prophets since the world began. Christ is going to come back and restore all things to the world. He's already restored all things to His church. But he, when He gets back, He's going to restore all things to the world. What a wonderful time that's going to be. This is something that uh, really we, we just do not understand, but what, what we don't understand is if, you had, if you're going to restore a government where there was peace and joy and happiness, and that's what Christ is talking about, He's going to restore that. When did we have peace on this earth? When did we have happiness and joy? Well, look at Job 38 and verse 7, when the earth was originally uh, uh, created, the angels shouted for joy. They were thrilled and happy because they got to rule over the earth. And then the whole universe would follow that if they could do their job here on this earth. But they failed to do it. But they had peace, prosperity, when Lucifer ruled the earth. Now that's in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. You can read it. It's a lot about a literal devil and his history. But how many people really understand this prior history before human beings? How many people even understand that? Lucifer and one-third of the angels were sent by God to rule this earth, and Lucifer was, was doing that, and they were all full of joy and happiness, and they kept God's government. It was uh, Lucifer applied and implemented the government of God. But it didn't continue that way. But anyhow, it was ruled by Lucifer, the light bringer. He brought light to this earth. He brought real truth to this earth, the very truth of God. Now, he was one of the first archangels to uh, one of the, the cherub named Lucifer, just putting his, he and an, another archangel were covered the throne of God with their wings. And I mean, uh, Lucifer was trained and taught right there at God's own throne, and he was really trained by God Himself very well. And he, he just then later on rebelled against that. It's really simpler, similar to what happened to the first Adam. 
He, he, he experienced the same thing. But uh, he had vanity, and he, was, he had beauty and uh, knowledge, a lot of knowledge, and he became vain about all that and uh, re rejected God. And Mr. Armstrong wrote, the very principle of God's government requires that the ruler retain office until a successor qualifies and, and is inducted into office. So here, Lucifer's name was changed to Satan, the devil. Satan wrecked the earth, and God came down and had six days had to reshape all the earth and create what? Human beings, created man created Adam and Eve. And that, that was quite a, uh, quite a wonderful uh, reality. So Adam, he had his chance to, uh, to take of the tree of life, and he decided he didn't want the tree of life, which would, which would have given him God's Holy Spirit, and he could have qualified to replace Satan on his throne. But he failed. That was the first Adam. But there's a second Adam, Jesus Christ, who did not fail. And he qualified to do something that really made that announcement necessary. When he was, uh, well, after he'd already started his, his ministry here on this earth. But uh, he, uh, Jesus was baptized by John in Mark 1, verses 9 and 11. And then in verse 12 and 13, it says, that uh, here, here he, was, he was about to enter into this most colossal struggle ever on this earth between Jesus Christ and Satan the devil. And Jesus Christ fasted 40 days and 40 nights to prepare himself for this battle so he could qualify to rule on this earth and replace Satan the devil. Somebody had to qualify to replace him. That's God's principle of government. So he had to come and uh, qualify and, and, uh, and bring back peace and joy and happiness to this earth. It was that way many years ago. Now, that's something that, uh, that we have to learn, and that's why Christ, uh, again, the, uh, he, he, he overcame Satan, and after he did that, he, he qualified to rule this earth on the, uh, and replace Satan the devil. And that's why he said in verse 15 of Mark 1, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. It's at hand now. Now then, you see, there is somebody going to rule this earth and bring back peace and joy and happiness to this earth. But God gave the churches time to build character and, and really learn how to rule with God on His throne when He gets here. For 2,000 years, He's been educating people, most of all in that 2,000 years, to qualify to sit on the throne, because, and they have to overcome Satan the devil as well. And then, then they can become the bride of Jesus Christ. That's what, it's amount, uh, what it amounts to. Why was the kingdom of God then at hand and not before? Why, Mr. Armstrong asked, simply because the wonderful news of the coming kingdom of God could not be announced until a successor had qualified to replace Satan as earth's ruler. 
Oh, how wonderful that is, and what a what a fabulous truth it is. At last, Mr. Armstrong says, the kingdom of God, God's government over the earth, was at hand. At last it was assured, and the time was fulfilled. The one who had qualified to rule the earth was now free to announce His coming government, because He was qualified, and he, it was certain that there was going to be people born again into His family. If He'd failed, there wouldn't be a family of God. There wouldn't be a, be a born-again activity, because Jesus Christ couldn't have paid for our sins if He had sinned. Now, see, our born-again was sure, or is sure, if we obey God. So we'll have the way of peace coming back to this earth. So the, the kingdom of God is composed of the divine family of God. A kingdom is a nation composed of people as well as the government of that nation, as, as I quoted from Mr. Armstrong. The, and the kingdom of God is composed of the divine family of God. We have to be born into the family of God, just as we were born into the, the, uh, some human family. It's the same process. We have to be born into the family of God. Then we can see it. We're a spirit being, and it's like the wind, Jesus Christ told uh, Nicodemus. It's like the wind. You can't see it. It's invisible to, well, a normal human being. <laughs> it's, they can't see the invisible. And uh, we, we, uh, we must be trained and, and educated. That's, that's why, why we're we have the 2,000 years and all that. People have to be trained and educated for this and get ready so they can share that throne. Imagine sitting on the throne of God with Jesus Christ Himself as a spirit being on His level in that sense, not in the sense of authority, of course, or rank or anything like that. But Nicodemus even said that uh, we know, we Pharisees know that you are a teacher come from God. They knew that. And then John 3 and verse 3, remember I read this, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He has to be born again. Again, well, a, a real birth again. But this time into God's family, not a human family. That's what born again is all about, and God is offering the greatest reward for those people, those first fruits called out now before Christ returns and trains and prepares themselves to sit on that throne. They're going to receive the greatest reward ever given to any human beings on this earth, and it's going to last forever and ever, that rule that God gives them. That, that is something. Uh, that we where that qualifies us to to enter into the kingdom of God. It's not something that you see that that can be seen. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. It says in verse six, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. See, there's a born being born into the flesh, and there's a being born into the, into the spirit world, God's family. What wonderful truth that is. When you're born again, you're going to be spirit. That's what he's saying. I just have to move along pretty fast here, but verse, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 50 talks about this. 
Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Certainly, you have to be born a spirit being, and then you can inherit the kingdom of God as you're born into that family. And then, uh, well, there's this time element, just like there is uh, in the birth of a child in this world. Well, I don't have time really to get into any more of this, but there is a booklet that Mr. Armstrong wrote about what do you mean born again, and it is an outstanding little booklet, so please write for it. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends. There is so much confusion today about what it means to be born again. Do you know what it means to be born again? Don't be too sure you know. Many professing Christians sincerely believe that they have been born again, but do not understand what Jesus meant by those words. The true answer is not only surprising, it is startling. The most important truth you can know. Request our free booklet, Just What Do You Mean, Born Again? written by Herbert W. Armstrong. Why did not the Pharisee Nicodemus understand when Jesus said to him, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God? Why do people not understand those words today? How many know today that Jesus' gospel was a sensational, never-before-proclaimed news announcement? Jesus was a newscaster. His news was something absolutely new, never before proclaimed to mankind. It was the most wonderful news that was ever reported. Actually, almost too wonderful for humans to believe. It was news of the utterly transcendent potential of man. And it was news that we may be born again, yet almost nobody understands it. How many, even today, know that Jesus' gospel was not in any sense a new or different religion, yet it was actually so breathtaking, so seemingly incredible, so startling, it should have left its hearers in a daze of awe. And it didn't. But why? Why has it never been recognized by the world as the stupendous news that it actually was? You can answer these questions and more in our free booklet, Just What Do You Mean, Born Again? Also request Lesson 22 of the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. This lesson focuses on proclaiming the true gospel of Christ, which is the good news of the soon-coming kingdom and family of God. This lesson will show you from your own Bible what the kingdom of God really is. Also request a free subscription to our news magazine, The Philadelphia Trumpet. The Trumpet looks each month at the major prophetic events that are affecting your life. All of our literature is free, and it will be sent to you with no cost or obligation. Request our free booklet, Just What Do You Mean, Born Again? Lesson 22 of our Bible Correspondence Course, and a free subscription to The Trumpet Magazine. Order now. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. 
For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. The preceding program was a paid presentation of The Key of David, brought to you by the Philadelphia Church of God.